0: Good morning. I get excited enough preaching that uh, they didn't want me to not have a microphone because then I'd be shouting even louder. <laughs> uh, this morning, our scripture is going to be in Matthew chapter seven, and we'll begin in verse number thirteen. And the running joke every time I preach is the page number is wrong. So I'll be honest; I didn't even bother looking it up in your pew Bible. So I'm sorry, but it is uh, Matthew seven <clears throat> thirteen through twenty three. We'll be in today, and we are getting towards the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So here's God's words read, beginning in verse number 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy on your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So, there's quite a bit to unpack in this text. This is like a gold mine. Obviously, Jesus' sermon, the greatest sermon ever preached. But what's interesting about this text is Jesus gives us a few warnings. And if you've ever read this scripture before or heard these verses we have this tendency to kind of gloss over it, like, I've heard that, that's great. And we, we don't really pause and give it the attention or heed what's really going on beyond a surface level. So here Jesus gives us some warnings. And the first warning that he describes is there are two paths. And the truth of this is, is that every single human being ever born that is on earth right now, is on one of these two paths. There's no path three. There's no option C. There's no asterisk at the bottom of the page. It's path one or path two, and that's the reality set before us. And Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. But what's interesting is, he talks about the wide gate first. See, he says, the road's easy, and there are many who are on it, and the gate is wide. It's the more popular, the crowded, the easier path, but it leads to destruction. And see, the people on this path, when we first read this, are, well, people who deny Jesus, who hate God, who are maybe atheists, or just outright refuse to believe or hear the gospel. And the danger when, when we kind of gloss over the text is we can read that and then just continue on. But see, this, this path, he says, it's crowded. Many are entering this, this wide gate. So see, it's not just atheists and people that commit public vile sins and outright hate God and brag about it. There's a lot more people on this road. In the end of our words, or excuse me, Jesus' words that we'll get to, he says there's many people on this road that are saying, Lord, Lord. Many people professing him. Many people who would have the Christian label on their chest, and yet they're marching on this road. So this is not just for the most extreme haters and deniers of God. Then he continues on to describe the the next path. He says, see, this... This path is hard, it's narrow, and the gate is narrow, but this path leads to life. And actually, the original language in which this was written in, that path, the words used there means it's intentionally restricted or constricted, it's meant to be hard, it's not by accident. So he talks about this, and see, the people on this path are those who believe the gospel, who have received salvation, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who have been transformed, who are continuing to be transformed to be like Christ in their sanctification. But the interesting thing is, if we were to take a survey in this country and ask everybody who attends some type of church service on Sunday, which path are you on? No doubt, an overwhelming majority, probably close to 99%, would say, I'm on the narrow path. I'm following Jesus. But you see, that doesn't exactly line up, because Jesus says that there are few who find this path. But on the other side, that wide gate that leads to destruction, he says, well, there's many who are on this path and entering this gate. So, this causes us to just pause and look and say, Well, which path am I really on? Am I on the narrow path that's hard? Or am I on the wide path headed towards a wide gate of destruction? It causes us to self examine ourselves a little bit. And then, continuing on, which all of these warnings, by the way, tie in together so beautifully, it's like a full circle in Jesus' sermon. But the second warning is, beware of false prophets. He's talking about being discerning here. And see, one of my favorite pastors, preachers, theologians, Charles Spurgeon, says this about discernment. He says, discernment's not knowing the difference between right and wrong. He said, discernment is knowing the difference between right and almost right. And you know how that fits so beautifully into this text? Because Jesus says, beware of false prophets. He doesn't say they're going to come to you telling you they're outright lying, they're blaspheming, they're heretics. We're leading you towards destruction. Follow us. He says, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So discernment matters. See, even myself, before I make a purchase, I, I research for hours making sure I'm making the right decision and likewise any of our hobbies sports you might know every player on your favorite team every stat where they were born what years your team won a championship or you might know a lot about vehicles or whatever your hobby is you spend a lot of time researching studying you are well versed and know the facts about it so when someone comes to you and says something that's not true, you're able to say, hold on, actually, you're incorrect. You're able to correct them, right? Because we all like to be right. So you're like, I'm kind of an expert on this. They did not win the championship that year. It was this year. And we're able to correct them, right? But when it comes to God's word, are we putting that same time and energy and passion into it, into being discerning? See, when it comes to our favorite hobbies, well, we'll put all that time in. We know what we know. But when it comes to God's word, if we're not being discerning and if we're not careful, then we just believe anything anyone says at face value. Because a preacher said it. Because somebody with a lot of followers said it. And it sounded good. And you know the most dangerous thing about discernment is, is if you are on this broad road marching towards destruction, it is almost impossible to be discerning. You see, there's actually a great story in the Bible that that talks about discernment. See, there's this group of people in the the book of Acts called the Bereans. See, the Bereans have the gospel preached to them early. This is the church history, the church of Jesus' beginning, So they hear the gospel preach and they get excited and think this is awesome. But then they say, hold on, time out. We're actually going to take the scripture for ourselves. We're going to go study it and we'll get back to you. We want to make sure what you're telling us is true. So they go and diligently study it. Make sure everything that they've heard preached and that is taught to them lines up. And they go back and say, yes, this is true. This is the gospel. And you know what the Bible says about them? It says they're commended. They're praised because they were willing to put the time and effort into hearing the gospel, hearing God's word, and understanding the implications of it. Spiritual life and spiritual death. Eternity. They thought eternity was worth a few hours of their time to study and make sure what they were hearing was true. So see, discernment is very important. And you see the difference between being on a broad path and on a narrow path like the Bereans is when we're being led by the Spirit, when we're really headed towards this narrow gate that Jesus tells us to enter, when we hear something that's too good to be true, we're able to say, hold on, time out. That doesn't sound like it lines up with Scripture. Or at the very least, I'm going to go and research that and study it to find out if it's true. Context matters, discernment matters, studying God's word matters. And then continuing on, this is really interesting that Jesus says, you will know them by their fruits, because he's actually talking about false prophets, but he's also talking about and to his followers. He says, you will know them by their fruits, which begs us to stop and once again self-examine, what does the fruit in my life look like? You know, there was uh, a men's retreat years ago at my old church that I was a part of, and it was a weekend getaway, God's Word was preached, we did worship, it was a great weekend of studying God's Word. But at the beginning of the week, there was one gentleman who confessed or honestly just bragged about he uh, was a very avid watcher, and I dare to say addicted to pornography. But see, he didn't see a problem with it. It, it was the, the very shallow argument of, well, it's what I do. It's not hurting anybody else, which is, can't be further from the truth. But all week, we had several pastors pouring into him, trying to see the error of his ways. And then at the end of the week, there were a handful of guys that wanted to get baptized. So he signs up, he gets in line, and there's a pastor there with him in the water trying to tell him, as he still doesn't see anything wrong with pornography, he's almost bragging about it, he's mocking biblical counsel, he's in the water, and this pastor out of love is pleading with him, we don't think you really understand the gospel, we don't think you understand God's goodness, his righteousness, baptism does nothing for you, it's not going to do anything until you've received salvation and I'll never forget these are just his words so forgive me he looks over at the pastor and he says well screw you I'm doing it anyway and he marches out on the water to get baptized by the camp speaker and those were his last words before getting baptized see there's no fruit there of anyone who's been transformed by the gospel and you look at that story and you're like well that's sad and it is well, that's a really extreme example, and it is. But, but here's the fun part is, while that is an extreme example, and it gets our minds thinking about it, we have to have that same seriousness and intensity when we turn around and look at ourselves. See, it's easy to see, well, that person is arrogant. We don't think they're transformed by the gospel, or at least his fruit is not showing it. But when we look inwardly, Things become a little more fun, if you will. You know, we had major elections this past week. And uh, I can tell you just based on my social media news feed, who a lot of people voted for, what party they align with, where they stand on certain issues, who they think you should vote for, even if you live in another state, they want you to know who you should vote for. And all of these things, I can tell you, Where they voted, who they voted for, all these. But you know what's more alarming than that is I can almost tell you, at least it seems by the fruit exhibited, is that they have put their hope, their trust, their faithfulness into a politician they've never met. See, the fruit to me looks like a red or a blue wave or somewhere in the middle, but it doesn't look like somebody who has put their hope in a sovereign God or put their hope in Jesus Christ being king. Now, I'm not saying don't vote. I'm not saying don't have an opinion, but I don't even think there's a fine line. I think there's a hard line where we draw who is our faith in and what fruit are we exhibiting because Republican, Democrat, and everyone in between, they need to hear the gospel. And they need to see the fruit of the gospel in our lives. And see, as we continue on, this is probably the most striking warning to me in all of this text. Here Jesus says, not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And then we hear the examples, well, we've prophesied in your name. We've, we've done this in your name and that in your name. And can I just tell you There is a lot done in the name of Jesus in this day and age who has absolutely nothing to do with Jesus and nothing to do with salvation. But here he says, not all to me who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And that should cause us to stop and think for a minute. See, a lot of the people who say, Lord, Lord, and they have the Christian label, well, they're on this broad path. Headed to destruction and they don't even know it. You see, as I stand up here, I I have to tell you this. I will never equate church membership or church attendance to salvation. So long as I live, ever. But when it comes to Jesus being the Lord of our life, we're on the narrow path, it's hard. Is Jesus more of a convenience or is he the priority of our life. See, we, we have sports, kids get sick, we travel. There's all these reasons, and I get it. I have three kids that we can miss church. But I want you to think about this. If you're unable to make it to church, let's say, especially two weeks in a row, and somebody uh, on Monday says, hey, did you make it to church on Sunday? How was it? I didn't see you. And you say, no, I missed it. The kids, you know, had a tournament or we slept in or, you know, we were going to a game or whatever reason, legitimate or not. I'm, I'm not here to judge. But they say, hey, did you make it to church? And you said, no, I missed it. Well, did you miss it because your kid was sick, because you did not physically drive to a building and sit in a pew on Sunday morning? Is that why you missed it? Or did you miss it Because you were unable to be present with other believers worshiping and praising Jesus, hearing God's word preached in a community of believers. Did you miss it because you wanted to be there? So did you miss it, or did you miss it? And see, I could end here, and this would be like, man, what, the worst sermon ever. You've really called us out, but... But this applies to all of us, and, and even writing this sermon, it really, I, I do want to just be transparent and tell you guys, every week it's a struggle where I say, am I exhibiting fruit? Am I walking like somebody that's on the narrow path, much less leading others to come join us and follow Jesus on this narrow path? And it's a challenge, but it's good to self-reflect and really be honest with ourselves, but hear this. I I feel like there's kind of three scenarios out of all these warnings that that all of us might find ourselves in one of these three. And the first one is, you're certain you're on the narrow path. It's hard. You're not following Jesus perfect. None of us are by any means, but you are certain you're saved. You're following Jesus. You might stumble here and there, but you're on this narrow path headed towards this narrow gate towards eternity with God in heaven. And amen but I challenge you in this first group I'd be willing to bet you know more than a handful of people who are on that broad road sprinting towards that wide gate marching towards their own destruction who need to hear the gospel and they don't just need to come to church and hear it they need to hear it from you so again that narrow path is hard It's uncomfortable to share the gospel. It's awkward. What if they don't like us? What if it ruins our friendship? Well, the way is hard. It's not meant to be easy. But I'd be willing to bet if you're on the narrow path, there's somebody in your life who needs to hear the gospel, that needs to join you on that path. And see, the second group, I would think, is I didn't know there was one of two paths. I thought there was path number three. I kind of fly under the radar. I don't know what's going on. And you didn't know you were marching towards your own destruction. Well, this is the beauty of the gospel. Because all of us, aside from Jesus Christ himself, were all on this broad road at one point in our lives. Until God said, no, you're mine, took us off the broad road and put us on the narrow path because we believed the gospel. So grace is available to you. If you are certain you're walking on that broad path, march towards destruction, The Bible says if you believe the gospel, if you believe that Jesus was the son of God, that he died, paid the penalty for your sin, rose again after three days, and you believe that and confess that, that you will be saved. So if you're on the broad path, no worries. Grace is never too far from your reach. It's never not available to you. And see, the third group, which I feel like might be a majority, maybe not, but... See, those, are, those of us that we say we're on the narrow path, but you say, well, maybe my fruit hasn't quite looked like that. Or maybe I, I haven't quite fallen off the narrow path onto that broad road, but I've stumbled. I, I need somebody to pick me up. Maybe recently or for a long time, I have not exhibited the fruit of the gospel of Jesus, of a life changed. And, you know, there's great encouragement in that also. Because the Bible says in many places, but one of my favorites is in Hebrews, it says to approach with confidence, not to be shy, not to be uncertain, but with confidence to approach the throne of grace boldly so that we may receive grace in times of trouble or times of need. So again, grace is never too far out of reach. Whether you've ever trusted in Jesus and believed the gospel or whether you just haven't been living like it, grace is available. So we self-examine. Are we discerning? What fruit are we bearing? What path are we on? And no matter which path you're on right now, grace is available through God's Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, during this song, if you would like to join our church as a member or if you'd say hey i i want to get off that broad road i want to profess jesus as lord and savior and get on that narrow path that leads to life you can come up front and see me during the song